Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Malé Adumim. Malé Adumim, where we're on the wondrous and beautiful and, and just tremendous view from the porch of one Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike, shalom and welcome. Oh, welcome to my humble home. That's right, and the reason we're at your home is that you're convalescing. Convalescent, I am. Yes, uh, you after a knee surgery. That's right, a little bit of uh, stitching of the medial meniscus at the root, for those of you who have some experience out there. Yes, we definitely have some doctors uh, that are listeners to the show. And so you had a, say that again? They stitched the root of my medial meniscus, which was torn. Mm. Yeah, drilled up through the tibia, pulled the stitch out, back through. Must have been a lot of fun for the surgeon. They were having a good time with it. Okay, how long was that surgery? Two hours. Oh, wow. So they were working. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took longer than they thought it would. Apparently. Wow. So, so they stitched I you up. I was out cold. Inter- so you I were out it. cold due to the uh, amazing uh, technology of... Um, Chemical... What's it called? Uh, uh, anesthesia. Anas- anesthesiologist. Tardema. One of my personally favorite words in modern Hebrew. There you go. Tardema. Because it's what God did to Adam. That's right. Wait a minute. And was the doctor here... Um, the, there's a, there's an es- anesthesiologist in Mitzpenavo here down down in my lead to me. Yes, there is, but it wasn't him. It wasn't him. Okay, okay, so that's great. And also, I want to wish you what uh, Rabbi um, Sorry. what Rabbi Herschel Reichman uh, wished me. I remember in the um, January first, two thousand and three, he came into the synagogue at Yeshiva University. I'll never forget it. And he goes, Shana Toiva Umetuka. <laughs> And everybody's like, "What?" And it's, the, and it's this rabbi. That's so you know? three months ago. Yeah, man. and and he goes, and he goes, "No, he, he was like, he's like, uh, any reason to bless a Jew? It was a snowing day, a snowing day in uh, in Washington Heights, New York City." Listen, the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah says that there are four New Years. Why right. not a fifth? There you go. So today is uh, last night. Uh, the apple fell in Manhattan, but not far from the tree. That's right. It fell down. You know the counted. I was there once. It is the most boring event ever. But anyway, uh, they counted down from <laughs> ten. And yes, the new secular year has arrived. Oh, I, I, I'm into the Roman year. We're calling it the Roman year now. Yeah, the Roman year, or another fair way to call it is the solar year. Yes, the solar year. Yeah, a little bit. It, it doesn't get enough credit sometimes that the solar year has got what to say to us. Uh, yes, it's seasonal. Yeah, it, it's got, you know, it's got the seasons behind it. Like it means something in astrophysics. It, it, it Listen, we're, we're a people that blends the solar and the lunar year. Right. That's one of our uniqueness. Right. As opposed to the Christians who go with the solar and the Muslims who go with the lunar. Right. There's a lot there. But like the solar is important. Just like let's like the trees here, they like the solar. They think about that also. If insofar as they think, yes. Right. You know, and so far as they feel the heat and the, and the you know, uh, forgot the name, plast something, chromoplast, whatever the, you know, whatever makes the... Chlorophyll, photosynthesis, all the stuff that we learned in fourth we grade. We actually had to stop and Google that. Yeah. I want you to know. <laughs> it's it's all right. We're we're no longer in the sciences. That's right. We are not. Uh, so 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 hey, you know, it's been it's it's a decade, and and, in and other, I'm feeling it right now. And in, right. <laughs> yes, yes uh, the show with the ninety year old well, man. It's true that we ourselves, our bodies, and our lives also go through a decade. This isn't going to be one of those our body ourselves episodes. Is well, it? everybody out there that's listening has their own decade that they went through. Presumably, presumably. I mean, unless you're under eight. ten, <laughs> or you're dead and you're listening on the podcast in the sky. And if you're under ten, please turn off this radio right now. No, no, it's okay. It's it's safe. This is a family family uh, family values network here. Um. So it's been a decade, 
another another way of thinking of it, it's been also 20 years of the millennium. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Yeah, and another way to think about it is that the Jewish calendar, we're also at a decade. We're at 80, 5780. And we'll talk about that a little bit. You know, uh, uh, in preparation for the show, I, uh, I went to the internet and I went to the newspapers uh, and, and I wanted to see, I went to the Israeli newspapers, went to the American, I went even to a British uh, kind of video about the last decade to review what has been, when I, when I said to you that we'll do a review, you yourself are, are like, I don't remember everything. I was going to say, that says it all, because it used to be if you were going to do a review, you'd sit down and think about what's happened the last right. decade, but now we don't do that anymore. We just look it up in Google. Okay, but I still, I still had to do some thinking about what happened and remember everything. And I made a list. I made a list that I'd like to go Did with you. Did you check it twice? I, I made a list. I checked it twice. And I'd like to go with it, if you, if you would be so nice, that, that we, could, uh, we could go through this and, and think about this year. So, I'm ready. Hit me with a bad shot. All right. So the first thing is when you think about this last decade, the, the tens, shall we? Um, if you think about it, what is the most single standout thing? If you would title this... I think it's I think it's pretty obvious that the major shift in the world has been the technological revolution. That that's not really I would call it the communication the revolution. Communica- and I was going to say, and it's more specifically the communication, and more specifically the social media. But even within the social media, there's been another aspect, which is the f- the personal cell phone revolution. Yeah, that's why I call it communication revolution. Right, and 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 that has been a real change to the point that everybody's life has been altered. Uh, you just go anywhere on any airplane, any place. The phones are a part of our life. Part of it is that they really also work well. The systems work well, and the pictures get sent around. And there's obviously the big ones, which is Google for me. That's like a very central part of my life. It's a, it's my calendar. It's my it's my uh, email. It's uh, it's uh, they own you. They own me in, in a sense, and I've also succumbed to that. And we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, and there's other technologies, obviously Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. We'll get to the president who has propelled Twitter or propelled himself through Twitter. We'll get to that when 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 we get to uh, uh, the political end. But right now we're on the technology end, and I want to say uh, two technologies that have completely changed my life. I'm putting now Google f- to the side for a second, uh, but really in the last ten years, WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. has changed my life, the way I relate to people. I want to tell you something. I still make phone calls, but not so much. I just I just actually had an hour-long phone call on the way here. That's rare. A lot of my phone calls now are more like vo- voice message that I send on WhatsApp, and somebody sends me back a voice message, and we ping throughout the day. I see this happening around me. Yeah, it's a, I'm it, completely withdrawn from it. Okay, you are really one of the few. in Of my friends, you are the only one. Uh, except for my also my my work secretary, who does not use WhatsApp. Uh, when I speak to an American, Americans a lot of times don't use WhatsApp. When I speak to an American, and he says I'm not on WhatsApp, I say, well, then you're not a Zionist in the sense that Ooh. that you are not connected to us the way you can be. Because I have many many Anglo American friends or Canadian Australian whatever British friends who are. Deeply connected on WhatsApp, and we are connected. Therefore, yeah, right. Like one of the fighting things, words. Well, well, well <laughs> I actually don't mean it as a fight. I mean to say, listen, there is a way today to be on pace to go global. Like there is a way for me to speak to my British friends, my Australian friends, my Isra- my Israeli friends, and my American friends every single day, and it just just it's that appli- application, and so that has changed my life. It's also changed the way people in Israel work. We have hundreds and hundreds of work groups. 
like I have, I, what I meant by hundreds is like just my Hebron work is tens of groups, and and other groups, just different groups, different groupings of peoples. You know, I don't want that guy in, but I want this person in. I want this gal in, and and we make a new group, and that's who I want to communicate with. So that's one. The other one is ways. No ways. I think ways has been a tremendous change. It is, and I don't necessarily think that one's for the better. Why is that? Because because you're a map reading guy. Yeah, because people don't know where they're going. Right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a tremendously for us. Not only that, but I've begun to notice that that they're abandoning the need to put up proper signs any longer mm. because of. I the, have not noticed that. Like I, I took my kids to Keftsuba. You know, Keftsuba sure, is you know like sure. a little fun land type, and they're building all these new roads uh, between here and uh, and like you know southern, you know Jerusalem Levasera hills, area. There, Levasera yeah. area, and. and I it's just half the roads weren't labeled anymore. I think because people are assuming, and like literally, I stopped and asked some people like which way to go. And they looked at me. and They were like, "Well, don't you have ways?" Right. And I said, "No." And they looked at me like, "And where are your horns?" Right. <laughs> well, again, you 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 have chosen, and and I actually was it, when I prepared this part of the show, I was thinking that it would be a little bit hard to talk with you about this. Because you're, again, one of the few people have chosen. You have a cell phone. You do use cellular technology. I do. You also SMS. I do. You I also com- email. Listen, I have a computer. I right. You're on, on. You're on Facebook. I'm on you're Facebook. On Twitter. I'm there. You can reach me. Right. But you you are not on the smartphone place, and that it, uh, like for most people they don't even use the term smartphone anymore. It's just, just a phone. phone. Right. And, but do you know why? Because the thing that you're not speaking about here with these technological revolutions mm-hmm. is every revolution is a revolution in consciousness. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that is that, that these are all products of the human mind, but they are also processes that produce the human mind. Yes, yes. And, and so therefore... The, mes- the medium is the message. Medium is the message. If you haven't right. read it, get out there. Marshall McLuhan, people. Um, and therefore, the thing that's not being spoken off enough about, although we've come up, it's come up between you and I, and I see it, is the level of fragmentation of consciousness and distraction that people are suffering from, and therefore the inability for a clarity, depth, and profundity of thought, which I think is a huge problem yeah. for our culture right now. Yeah, it's it's a humongous, humongous problem. And a lot of the business books say that what has become a total premium is concentration. Good. You want to pay me big bucks, I can right. concentrate and, for and you. Right. People who can concentrate are going to be making the big bucks. Well, let it be soon. Let it be uh, now. Right. <laughs> because, because they have a commodity. Focus has now become a commodity. What? Focused work, what? right? Focused work is a real is a real commodity, uh, and there's many other technological issues. Uh, one one of them being, and by the way, there's so many other technologies. For example, Wikipedia. It's a giant, unbelievable technology that really gives you information at the tip of your fingers. Yeah, which with all its flaws, seems to be better than your average encyclopedia. Right, but like for example, I'm one of the people who can report to you something that maybe most people, most listeners. Most people cannot say is, I could tell you that when you're on the wrong end of that sucker. Oh, it's a war. You're at war and you're at a losing war. And what am I talking about here is, for example, the Jewish community of Hebron maligned, in, uh, uh, especially in um, Wikipedia. And when we try to change it, they come down on us like a hammer. Yeah, because d- okay. there are different realms of authority there. Right. And by the way, that's another thing to point out. Every technological revolution brings a new power class into position mm-hmm. and one of the the um biggest problematics i think of the technological revolutions is that these power classes are completely unregulated and they're often unseen mm-hmm. recently i just read this big uh, multi-part story in the new york times speaking of old world media um on tracking devices 
or not in driving devices, on tracking applications in cell phones and the degree to which that information is available to third parties and the value. And not only the value, but the sensitive level of information yeah. they're able to extract out names, places, people who are stopping at roadside motels, people who are going to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, drug treatment clinics, people, you know, without any consent. When, when you were a kid, we used to watch films about, like, the CIA trying to track somebody. Yeah. So they would be like, oh, he just used his credit card. Right. Oh, oh, oh he just used a uh, uh, payphone. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it was and, like, whoa. Whoa, they're, they're really fine. Today, it, You're they, just carrying the thing they have yourself. your heartbeats. Yeah. Your steps. Yeah. Where you're at, how much money is, I mean, and I was going to, about to get to that, and the title of what you just talked about, I call it Snowden and Assange, Uh right? So here are two guys who represent, rather courageously and rather at their own tremendous life expense. Oh, yeah. Here's two dudes who I, now I am a user of all these technologies, but I look at these two guys personally as somewhat heroic, I I, I not, you know, and th- I know there's an argument about that. But for me, I see Snowden as a now not in the sense that he sold out his country, which is not nice, but in the sense, <laughs> but in a sense of like, hey, there's a phenomena here that's going on, phenomenon that's going on, and and it's un- it's not transparent, and here's a guy who bl- really blew a real whistle. And and came back to and then I remembered all the cases that we studied in 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 law school about the right to privacy, which is gone. I mean the 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 rate at which it's gone, the the the, the hugeness of which is gone is is underreported. It's we it, we it's, we it's, it has nothing to do with underreporting. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to know anymore. It's worth it, right? Because convenience has become the supreme value mm-hmm. of the new culture of communication. You well, yourself said it. it it's true. Uh, I, yes, yes, and I'm willing to give up a certain amount, but I really rather it didn't have to be that way. Meaning to say, but then you can uh, start to pay for it. Well, there and there is a move back back to that, but 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 I even think you're still making a lot of money off of me if you know a certain amount. I think that Congress in America and here in Israel could regulate, and in Europe they are now. They made a big they made a big move in Europe that now every website asks you, do you accept? That uh, we're going to be following you every step, and you're, there's going to be and everyone just says yes. You just say yes. That sucks. Okay, that that did not that 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 was a <laughs> loophole that was just be, because because the opt-in buy-in option because everybody wants the service and nobody right. wants to pay for it. Okay, so so that's Snowden and Assange. Uh, Snowden revealed the NSA's uh, meta collection of data, and Assange revealed a lot of uh, uh, political data and, and hidden data. WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. So, so Assange and Snowden are the opposite of Google and and Facebook's amazing ability to not just track you. And he, here's the here's the catchword today: it's big data. Yeah, they've commodified you. They've yes, and they can also keep all of your stuff in a small place. Meaning, say all that information. Remember, yes. remember, remember in those CIA movies, they you know once they caught the guy, they would slap down a giant file on the Rick table. Folder, yeah. And like they would open it up, start you know, flipping through, like, oh, look at that. Look, and here's a picture of you here. This right. So, t- so today, all that info, it's all in a, it's all you know. And we're talking about phone calls. We're talking yeah. about video. We're talking about you know, and data just keeps growing. Um, and so privacy has become a, a big issue. So this was a big turn. In, in human events. Uh, One which went unnoticed. 
unnoticed. I don't know if I agree to that the, word. The privacy one went oh, unnoticed. The, pri- the privacy one went unnoticed. The privacy one went unnoticed. And, and, and we're and trying right. to reel that back in right now, and right. I think it's very it, weak. It ain't happened. Right. But that has been, you know, that has been this 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 decade. And, you know, I, I actually measured against my daughter, who's 12 years old. And I just remember being with a Nokia brick phone. Which I have in my pocket. Right. Uh, uh, walking on the hills of Beit El. And, and I said to her the other day, or, or some months ago, actually, I said to her, uh, you know, we couldn't send pictures <laughs> when you were born. And so, yeah, it's been a tremendous change. And there's, there's so much more to discuss about that because that uh, change has also led to a different social fabric. One of them is the, called the mimetic wars, the, the wars of memes and the war of mimetic tribes. Memes are phrases or, or, or thought groups and the way that they're kind of attacking each other. And, and a great phrase that I heard is that a, a general was asked, I think it was McChrystal, was asked whether people going to West Point and stuff studying st- st- war strategy should continue to play chess. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yes, it's a good game. But on the other hand, the problem is it's not a binary game anymore of Russia versus America or two powers. Yeah, far We're from talking it. about every piece on the board is its own is autonomous entity. Right. Yeah. And that is that, that, that there's, a, there's a lot of changes there. But there's also a lot of beauty in it. There's a lot of beauty in it. Tonight I'm going to go to the Siyum Ashas uh, in Jerusalem, the end of the cycle of the seven-year uh, learning of the, the Babylonian Talmud. Talmud. And you know what? It's, gonna be, it's just going to be everywhere. All it's the a global videos, event. It's yeah, a global event. Sure. And there's, there's, just, there's a lot of beauty. And people like us also get a chance to, to speak it out. And, and here's the word I, for, I forgot. There's a lot of information, but it's also a spawning ground for disinformation. There's, yes. there's just as much disinformation as there is information today. Well, listen, we've spoken about this before, that once upon a time, censorship and the control of consciousness happened through limiting people's access. But now that's impossible. So what happens is it's through distraction. Right. If you just level a person's horizon of information, you flood them with the meaningful and the meaningless, mm-hmm. the false and the true. And then what happens is that the real power in our world lies in the authority to sort information into meaningful structures. Mm-hmm. That they, you know, I tell you, on the Jewish story, on one level, that's what I'm trying to do for people, is give them a framework within which they can sort of integrate and assimilate and filter what matters and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Very tricky. Uh, and even your show is a lot of info. Uh, and, 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 you're, and you're already getting it sort of post-production. Right. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just uh, make a plug there for, for that. Then uh, another thing that happened in this decade is the advent uh, of... Uh, of the Land of Israel Network. That's right. And for me personally, this is the, I guess, third network that I've been involved in in this decade, but all, all over my life so far, four networks. Started with the Roots Sheva. Uh, that's where I brought Ari and Jeremy in to Israel National uh, Radio, and we started you know, shows there. We started that whole thing. Uh, from there, I moved to uh, Galei Israel. For a while, I was by myself. It was an Israeli broadcast terrestrial. And then from there to Voice of Israel. Aleha Shalom. Aleha Shalom. It was a great network, uh, but died. And now this new, from the ashes, I ar- ariseth, I ariseth this new network. And it's you got, picked me up along the way. That's right. Th- that's exactly correct. We picked up a lot of great folks, uh, especially yourself. And you have the Jewish Story, which is found at jewishstory.co. And also on the Land of Israel Network, people can email you at uh, Rav Mike at the Land of Israel dot com and also Facebook dot com forward slash Rav Mike. Hey. 
So that's that's also a great advent. And we are, of course, using the one of the weird things about Arutsheva back then was that it was ahead of its curve in terms of technology. We were already broadcasting 15 years ago on the internet. So don't forget the boat. We that was that was that was another iteration. <laughs> I came two weeks after the boat was gone. By the way, last piece of technology that I want to talk about that I want to get to the other sections is Bitcoin. Oh. We are pre the Bitcoin. We are just at the We're still struggling with whether that's gonna fly or right. not. But but let me put it this way, my my buddy Josh Wander showed me that he carries now a credit card that is a Bitcoin credit card. Meaning to say it converts Bitcoin currency into into usable currency. Today. Oh, it's happening. The blockchain technology right. will will eventually right. replace. Right. So I'm saying we're the right. full faith and trust of governments that no one trusts anymore. Right. Okay, so we are we are we are on a on a on beginning. Right, we're on a cusp of another thing, and we're we're also on the cusp of another thing. I totally forgot to mention is the genetics revolution. Also, we're on the cusp of that. But scary. Yeah, but basically, mapping the genome uh, is is akin to. Breaking the hydrogen atom, it's like understanding how things work at a, at a micro level, at the, at, the, at the atomic level, subatomic level. And so, so we're starting to understand how we're what makes us up and information about ourselves. And, and, and that will also lead to uh, disease discovery. But that's There's actually that's the cutting edge. We're, we're still there. Yeah, we're still on the cusp. We're still on, on the cusp. Okay. Let's talk a little bit of politics. Uh, one great uh, uh, one individual who had, a, who had an impact and was big in this decade was President uh, President Obama. Absolutely. Okay, he was. Uh, uh, he was. What was his first name? I forgot. Barack. His Barack. Right. Barack. I forget Hussein. that. I remember the Hussein part. I don't know why that Ooh, happened. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't just, go there. I just, you know, it slipped my mind because you know one of the things that actually it, it's not a surprise that it slipped my mind because he was. I, I watched a video of him today. Darn eloquent. Oh, absolutely. In my per, in my in my uh, uh, in my heterosexual opinion, attractive. Yeah, sure. You know, a, a good-looking fella, and 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 just had it. You know, a black president of the United States, this country that has these race tensions on the one hand, but on the other hand, also is the place where where black people have also risen to great uh, uh, heights. Heights. You know, if it's from from entertainment to sports, but they've become very very famous. If it's a anybody, you know, starting from a Bill Cosby to a Michael Jordan, I don't mean to, to you know, whatever happened to Bill Cosby, whatever, but Oprah Winfrey, and there came President Barack Hussein Obama, and he had eight years. He had eight years at the helm. I mean, it's an important thing to just give credit to America as a country for that because it's still, in my eyes, with all the struggles that America's having, and they're very real right now, needs to constantly be held up as the greatest and most successful political experiment in human history, right. right? To go from a country where slavery was a foundational institution, and like you pointed out, that's far from over, that struggle within American society, but to be able to evolve on the level where you can go from slavery as a foundational institution to having a black man as the president of the United States shows a vision in the foundation of the country, which is unparalleled. Right, but at the same time, though, the Obama experiment was from our perspective, in any case, from perspective here in Israel, or I share... Politics a, didn't work out well. Right. No, th- this guy was turned out... The way that people here in Israel, in large measure, saw him was anti-Israel yeah. and pro-radical Muslim- Islamic regimes. And in his time, we're going to get to the Arab world in a little bit, really saw a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When things start to break down, a... Uh, breakdown? A breakdown. Deterioration? Deterioration of, of the Arab... The fabric of Arab civilization... In some part, due to the destabilization brought about by the Obama regime, in the sense that that he might threw some long-term allies under the bus, 
Right, through <laughs> long-term allies under the bus, and I'll never forget some of his And also shifted Americans, America's position, uh, posture of power within the Middle East, mm-hmm. which was a major destabilizing factor. I, I'll never forget, like, if there's, a, if there's a... When I think of Obama, I'll never forget, never forget this image of him with the crossed feet on the desk and the shot of him talking to Prime Minister Netanyahu from the shoe, from the sole side of the, the 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 picture and that was sent out by the white house as a signal oh yeah in the arab world that's a very clear message like like we're we're looking down on you israel we're the boss of you israel i'll never forget that like that was that's to me like the encapsulation when i saw the video of him this morning i was like yeah that that made you look good but i recall who you like how you related to us uh and that was eight years we'll get to a second about some other stuff that came out of president obama but he had a big impact here uh, a a a uh, counter fulcrum to Obama is Prime Minister Netanyahu, his standing up to President Obama. He was the best prime minister of the decade, no question. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> As in he was the only prime minister of the decade. Uh, but but his shining moment and what brought Israel to a different place, ironically, was standing up to President Obama, going to Congress, Al-Khamov al against his, you know, Obama's interests, rallying the troops in America against the president, against the Shifted Iran deal. Shifted the entire relationship between American and Israeli politics. Yeah. Yeah, it made Israel... Which is uh, hasn't completely shaken out yet. I mean, it's it's really hard to know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who see that as a negative act in terms of, of making Israel a partisan political issue. At the same time, um, it was in defense of our national interests. So it's kind of hard to know. In many ways, and he raised Israel to a different stature, and President Trump has accepted Israel as a partner, not equal, nobody's equal to the United States in a, in a power sense, but definitely an ally and not a puppet state. Right, but you hear what I'm saying, and that, that once you go that route, then whoever it is that replaces President Trump in the next four years or in, in you know, four years after, um, if they come from the other side of the aisle, then Israel is now like officially a partisan issue. Right. Uh, that's that's that that is that is definitely something that has happened in the last ten years, and that Israel has become much more of a Republican, Christian, you know, conservative, pro-Israel, Fox, pro-Israel, as opposed to MSNBC Democrats who have gone uh, uh, far more left. Meaning to say, the partisanship has also polarized both of these parties. Yes. And uh, and th- and and now. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm sitting here with Rabbi Mike Foyer uh, on this beautiful balcony in Maaleh Adumim, where Jerusalem is growing. Um, so why are we talking about America? These things have a global influence. Yeah, this they have is a global the, they're influence. the leader of global culture. Right. There you go. When we okay. replace them, we'll talk about us. Right. And one of the big things that, 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 uh, that uh, President Obama did was also polarize the Iran issue by, by bringing Iran into the family of nations instead of ostracization. And one of the more radical things that president trump was able to do was to repeal that agreement i thought it was almost unheard of like to just go 180 degrees against a previous uh, administration's decision in such it's, a i mean it's i mean that in itself is problematic for the united states political posture in the world i mean once once you have the willingness to back out of a political agreement with another nation based on a change in administration, it casts a lot of doubt on what it is that's um, coming down the line. Right. You know, it's like, so, so what's going to happen to all the 
great achievements that we've had here if, under the Trump administration should he be replaced by a Democrat. Because he okay. also set the president. Can, 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 I, can, I, can, I, can I say something about what you're saying? Yeah. I hear what you're saying. You're making fine points. But you know what, though? Let's not go there. And I'll explain to you what I mean. We're, going, we're looking backwards. We're looking at the uh, last okay. 10 years. Where it's going to go, I'll tell you one thing I can tell you that, that I've sensed in the, last, in the last year of Israeli politics it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> it's not that predictable. Yeah, that's true. You know, Trump, Obama was not predictable. Trump was not predictable. What's happening now in Israeli politics is not predictable. What happened with Boris Johnson is not that predictable. And it's just like it's become not... It, political scientists can look back. Very few can, can really look with forward. 2020 yeah. hindsight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's, let's just now go to a few other issues, and, we'll, and then we'll go to the Torah section. Um Interesting thing I found was uh, Israeli women uh, in culture, Gal Gadot was Wonder Woman, and Neta Barzilai won the Eurovision. Right. And we also had successes in Olympics. I didn't actually look that part up. But, but like, these two women, uh, and, and there are others uh, uh, th- that have become kind of have a, have a you know, either, either national in Israel or global fame. But, like, I don't know. Something happened to Israel with Gal Gadot and uh, Netta and Netta Barzilai. Something happened where where Israel, I, I think, in this decade, Israel has become just as much of a pariah for some, but in other ways, people are accepting the fact that Israel's here. We've got a much higher profile, right? I mean, to me, that's what those two but, women but profile, represent. But profile and like in a okay, positive, right, like in a, right. in a normative. Listen, I have my misgivings about judging our cultural achievements through Eurovision or, you know, sort of like blockbuster movies. But one thing which they certainly represent is just a large scale normative human culture. Right. right. It's I, like we're like, succeeding on that scale of human culture. That is a normalization that we have not yeah. achieved previously. Right. And I didn't love the Netta Barzilai song. And I watched some of Wonder Woman on the plane and I didn't watch it. I couldn't I couldn't keep going with it. It was some kind of Greco island atlantis type like stuff that i'm not a big fantasy guy in the first place uh, so it, you know it, it smacked me of some kind of you know a genre that that just had no which i actually love but i didn't watch the movie right okay so so it was that but it was like it was like horses and what do you call them like a horse person type thing. centaur yeah like that kind of stuff it was that that world you know and um and i'm like that's not exactly israel but you know what? Exactly what you said, which is just uh, just a, a cultural normalization. Interesting thing that I tweeted out recently is that Israel, uh, Jerusalem is is the according to one uh, a marker the fastest growing tourist attraction in the world. Fastest really? growing, it's still number sixty one on right, the top. But fastest growing, but the fastest growing it, it leaped up and it's 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 going to leap up uh, by a million tourists next next year. Oh Lord, we got to work on the roads. Right. So well, well. Because you transportation don't, can I tell you something? Because you don't, you don't, you don't like to travel so much. Uh-huh. I can tell you that we're really not in bad shape. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, like from now, there's a I few. Mean, I places. travel from here to Jerusalem almost every day. It's a big pain in the tush. Right, but but there are you go to most places now. Okay, the northeast of the United States is very railed. Right, but most places are not, and so and so we're we're doing we're doing pretty good. Uh, another Israel thing that I wanted to talk about is the Israel nation state law. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a. Um, I'm involved with a lot of people who were behind that, uh, a lot. Like all kinds of like my friends were were really pushing that. But basically, the uh, many year effort to uh, to put into law 
what most of us understand as basic things, which is that Israel is the Jewish state of the Jewish people, is the nation state of the Jewish people, and that its calendar is such, and that its language is such, and, and that it's Hebrew and it's Jewish, and that's what it's meant to do. Yeah, but it's critical to point out, it's not just to put into law, to make it one of the basic laws, right. because the nature of Israeli constitutional law is uh, such that if it doesn't have uh, an entrenched status, then other laws don't have to be measured according to it. So the goal was to make sure that it counterbalances the sort of pluralistic, um, universalistic uh, laws which were already entrenched as part of the Constitution in order to give some balance to the fact that um, there's an ethnic character to our nation-state which we see to be an uncompromising principle. Very good. Very well stated. So that was that was a huge deal, but what I what now now he, now. Okay, good. Well, let's keep that in abeyance for a second. Okay. We'll get to that back in a second. Let me just talk about uh, very quick four um, social phenomenons. American mass shootings. That's not a product of the last decade. It's been pretty pervasive in the it's last been decade. Pervasive, but uh, listen, I was uh, when I was in the late nineties, I was working with at risk youth when the Columbine shooting happened. That's been is that was that late nineties? Yeah, absolutely. Holy cow! Yeah. Okay. If there's been an uptick, there's been an uptick. It seems like it's a regular thing, uh, and, and I, I have a little. But by the way, folks, if you ever hear me say things that are dark humor. That's only because I like dark humor, okay? <laughs> I mean, he's wearing all black right now. You right. can't see it. but uh, th- Actually, it's an ode. I'm wearing black pants and a black kind of tight sweater. I wasn't kidding. Uh, uh, it's an ode to... Um, the Matrix. No. To, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's an ode to Steve Jobs, you know? I, I'll uh, do yeah. the Steve Jobs thing today. You know, he passed away this decade. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, okay. uh, Apple. Yes. Yeah, so... Thing, yeah. so um, but it's not a turtleneck. It's not a turtleneck, but it's close to it. You see this, you see this thing? It's like, a, it's like a turtleneck-ish thing. In any case... Um, wait, wait, where were we at? Um, Mass shootings, not this okay, decade. Okay, and now, oh, so Social I have, phenomena. So I have this dark humor thing. I say to people, it's not that America's anti-Semitic. It's just that people shoot people there. Yeah, and they hate each other. And and, and so therefore- And it's you pervasively could be, armed. Right, and you could be a show in Vegas or a church or a school or a shul. Somebody finds a reason to shoot you. And you can buy an AR-15 in Walmart. Right. Don't feel so bad. Don't be like, oh, my God, the whole place is anti-Semitic. It's, it's just like, that people shoot one another there. humans. You right? got in the way of the fire. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe he is an anti-Semite, that guy. But the next guy is anti the other Something thing. Something else, yeah. So I, I know that's, that's, that's just Never. dark humor. But, but, but there is true. a truth to it. There is a truth to it. There is a truth to it. I mean, to say, I don't think that the whole country is turning anti-Semitic. On the other hand, on the other hand. There's something going on. There is something going on. And there's certainly... There's certainly an anti-Israel uh, a, a teaching that's going on in the Jewish left, in the Reform Conservative movements, and therefore certainly on intellectuals on campus. Yeah, which well, have by the way, the Jewish left is returning to its roots. Let's just remember that this is not a new phenomenon. Its roots are in a non-national, non-ethnic, religious-based faith sort of not faith-based in the Christian sense, but meaning as opposed to the national entity. And they're fighting tooth and nail right now to distance themselves from us. Right. And it's not necessarily going to end well, that. No, it never does, because when you separate Jews that separate out from the Jewish people, always either, they always fade away and with time, but they always become the enemies of the Jews. Yeah, they don't they, just fade away. They always become the enemies of the Jews. Yeah, we need to say, look it's at always the, a messy breakup. Look at the Karaites and the and the and the uh, how do you call Sadducees in, in English? Uh, Sadducees. Sadducees and and, uh, and 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 just biblically speaking, every nation that separates out from the Jewish people become its enemies. 
Okay, we so just finished off Hanukkah. That's the classic. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh, Hanukkah. We uh, we had so much to talk about, but it didn't happen. We let it go next year. Next social phenomenon. It might seem like a small one, but but it's in my world. It's a big one. It's called selfie. <laughs> just, just selfies. Just the concept of selfie. The concept of selfie. It's. I always make a joke at Martha Machpelah. I'm like, before we leave here, we have to do the mitzvah of selfie. Okay, do it in the Israeli accent, and we and people are like, yes. Let's not forget to do the selfie, and the selfie means something, right? For me, it actually has a political purpose, which is like you get a picture of somebody actually there, right? So pe- people are there, people are not afraid, people are happy, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. You know, and and being, you know, and and you had even here a Knesset member who taking a selfie with him became like an iconic thing to do. It was Orin uh, Orin Chazan, right? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. You, like you, you took a selfie with him. It became like a national kind it, of. It was his major achievement. Well, it, it, but it was it was an interesting thing. It's like, and he and all over the world, people would just stop him and take a take a selfie with him. I took a selfie with Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, some months ago, where I, and I said to him, "Aduni can I take a selfie with you?" You know, and he turned and he looked into the camera to fulfill the mitzvah of selfie. Everybody got their selfie face. Yeah, he he actually half smiled. It was great. Uh, people, you know, and I and I told everybody on Twitter and Facebook that he asked me to take a selfie with him, and so I was like willing to do that. Yeah. And it was my little yeah. little joke. Okay, selfie. Uh, all right, there's m- probably more to talk about that, but let's go into the next thing. Two more things which we haven't touched on at all, but they're huge, huge. They're huge, and they are this decade's sexual issues: same-sex legalization. Which was really one of the cornerstone cultural moments of this decade. Absolutely, and the Me Too movement. Yes, which I think has a has a direct relationship. Yes, yes, definitely. I, I think that that um, the I mean to call it same sex legalization, I think is a bit of a misnomer. I would say same sex normalization. And, right, and, legalization and of the marriage. legalization of marriage was a symptom of that. Right, right. Um, and why do I say that there is a relationship between that and the Me Too movement? I think because in the end of the day, um, the argument that there's some sort of um, core healthy sexuality based on what the Christian world calls family va- family values is very hard to argue when you also have a widespread culture of sexual abuse. Right, and, and so so it, it, it the two work together in the sense that. Hey man, you can't tell me what to do in my bedroom when your claims to sort of like normalcy are wrapped up with these sort of like abusive power structures. And so like there's been a loss of compass mm-hmm. in Western culture around questions of sexuality, which right. is going to be very hard to regain. Right. And so I read an essay uh, called The Mimetic Tribe Wars <clears throat> that my friend uh, Mutal Wolf told me to read. Very important essay. Uh, I think you would like it a lot. I'll check it out. And um, they they see the the Supreme Court decision to legalize gay marriage as one of the cornerstone pillars where really conservatism, Christian values type of thing, just lost big time. Just just like but like but like it was like the end of of like a certain era of like trying to say no 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 we should absolutely right. So it was it was absolutely. Def- and here in Israel, uh, I have it was never a fight. It, well, well, it's it's interesting you say that because what's what's interesting here in Israel is that we have some element here that you don't have in America, which is the Haredi element. Yeah, and well, not only that, we have the institutionalized religion. Right. I mean, you want to get married here, it doesn't matter what your attitude are. You have to go through religion. Right. But the Haredi element, without them, it would have, uh, you know, uh, th- they are stalwart in their in their defiance. In the Arab world. 
Right. That's right. And the Arab world. Forget about the conservative elements of our society. Okay. Are quite significant. Well, that's that's actually a great transition to my last uh, last points here. So so the reason I say that this is uh, that this is a great transition is because I left one thing for the very end. And and it, you know what? It's not the usual thing for me to leave this to the end. I would have left like Israel to the end and what has happened here. But in my uh, a short effort for research last night and this morning, it, a, do- a, a thought dawned on me, which is that which is that the Jewish story in the last ten years has been relatively stable. Yeah, it's been. There's stories, and we actually had three, you know, mini wars with Gaza, etc. But the last ten years have been relatively stable, as opposed to the Arab world, oh, which has yeah, been certainly in, in comparison. Right, like no, it was just a thought. I was like, wait a minute, we've been like just ticking along. Yeah, we got some cracks we showing. Got, we the got next some, decade, who knows what it'll be? But you're right. Stuff, looking but back, like, we're looking back. Yeah, looking we're looking back. back. The last ten years have been relatively calm. In terms of any big, tumultuous, tectonic shifts. While the Arab world has had the Arab... Obama led to the Arab Spring protests, led to... uh, There was ISIS, which was an Islamic movement that took over large swaths of land. Yeah, like whole states. You had had a rebellion in Syria that ended up... Still still going on. They're fighting in Idlib right now. Yeah. Right? And we're talking about... we're talking about reported 500,000 dead. Yeah, which but it's means easily, it's probably twice that. Right, if not more. So we're talking about 500,000 people dead, millions displaced. Yes. We're Europe talking flooded about... flooded with... Right, we're exactly. We're talking about with Europe flooding in so-called refugees, some refugees, some not refugees, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not making a, a determination Mobile on that. people. That European... That fact of the, what you just said also brought about a change in politics in Europe. A big time, yeah. I, I just want to give credit that I that this part uh, I did not dawn on me until I had a conversation this morning with a, my friend named Barry Goldgrab, and he said that to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's yet another twist. Oh yeah, right. That the Im- that the that the refugee issue caused the advent of people like Oban. And uh, you know the the the, a, the populist a, a resurgent populist nationalist right element within Europe, which had Hungary. been completely muxa as we say around right. here up until now. But suddenly, like a sense of survival, right, welled up from within some of these European nation states that had been drifting off into the EU right. sort of uh, what do you call that soma. Um, right, right. Consciousness, the, right? The OU kind of EU. We're, EU uh, were uh, <laughs> not the OU. Not the OU. No, we love the OU. The so might OU is kosher. Yeah. Um, th- this we're t- we're talking about the EU's. You know, uh, you're talking about kind of liberal left. We're talking about universalism, globalism. Yeah. But suddenly there came these is these these Muslim refugees, these Arab Muslim refugees, or or, or not necessarily just Arabs. Sometimes. Turkey, whatever it is, from different places, all, all kinds of nationalities, but definitely an Islamic Middle East influx definitely into the Middle not East. Not multicultural Europeans, and that's the right, key. Right, is that that that, that whole image? And I actually, want to take back the word the word universalists. Okay, you can call them the globalist multicultures, but the truth is, I think that you and I are both universalists. Right, we just see that the the peoplehood and the nation as the unit of universalism. Like, yeah, let's all get along. I'm going to be in my nation. You're going to be in your nation. Not we're not individualists, and that's an important distinction because if you look in the beginning of the last century, the universalists were nationalists, right? You know, and, and I, I, I keep trying to make that point to people. Y- yeah, Liber- liberalism, nationalism was liberalism, 
And if you think about it, it is a liberal idea, but we're not going to go there right okay. now. The, the most important thing is the Arabs. The, the Arabs are never thought total, I heard you say that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 it dawned on me today. As I'm, you know, as I'm from your porch here, we can we can see the kingdom of Jordan occupying uh, the uh, the Transjordan. The Transjordanian Ridge. Notice how I said that. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah, and I heard and it. and then you have past that. So you have this this country that's teetering. It could easily it's been teetering for a while, right? But yeah. but but we all know that one of the open secrets here is that Israel and the West are propping up this regime. Oh yeah. After that, right after that, uh, you know, we could practically see it is Iraq. Which, which has gone past teetering, right? Which is not, which, <laughs> which is, is a broken land, which is a dro- right, and it's just an Iranian type of open. Uh, oh, yeah, what's left of it? Yeah, right. And what's le- and and Iraq? You mean right? Yes, because ISIS already destroyed. So ISIS has part of it. <laughs> you know? The Kurds, our potential allies, allies, potential allies, are, have part of it. But Stand then the Iranian thing. People. And as we speak, there's a tension right now uh, in the U.S. embassy uh, in 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 the, in Baghdad. They busted through the uh, front gates right. they didn't get all the way into the building right okay so we got we got this whole so so the, the and then past that is the real player like as i look north here there's the the real players here are the old empires turkey uh-huh and iran the real players right now by the way are oh, yeah. the three are three ancient empires it's true it's iran it's israel and it's and it's Turkey, which is not an ancient, but a, but an old but empire. S- but and they're and they're sitting on that Hittite empire center right. there. That's like right. about as old as it gets. Right. And then you also have Egypt, a player of an old sure. empire. And the rest are 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 well, in do do because we're finally coming to the point where the borders set up in post World War II, post colonial sort of guilt and expediency are showing themselves to be what they are, which is complete fictions. Right. And the question is, is, are we going to have the foresight, the courage, and the fortitude to push through what lies ahead in order to create a more stable region? Okay. And so therein lies, there's a, a little elephant in the room. And that little there's elephant. elephant on my porch? Yeah, there's a small elephant, and that is the Palestinian question. Oh. Because what you just talked about is kind of fake European lines and creating a more stable environment here in the Middle East. One of the fictions. That has One of been the Keystone fiction, right? Keystone fiction that has been propagated for a long time as an anti-Israel element. By whom? Who's been the big backers of it? The Arab states. Oh yeah. Guess what? The Arab states are looking at Palestine, that whole issue, as an unhelpful little hindrance well, right now. They're suddenly looking back at the last twenty, thirty years of of their bank checks, of their political, <laughs> you know, decisions, <laughs> and they're like, oh my goodness, right? Like, the, what did we do? Right. These guys are standing. Just to clarify it for everybody, these the. the Palestinian issue, the so-called Palestinian issue that has been created, is actually hindering the Arabs from locking arms with Israel, who they desperately need. Their Semitic brothers, Ishi, Ishmael, is coming to Israel and being like, hey, Jews, i got this big bad Iranian guy next door. <laughs> Can you help me out with him? And furthermore, how did you manage to create a stable economy and a thriving right. culture right. in this region? Meant, you're right. You yeah, know? That's, that's a great added point. Okay. And you have got these European states who were just yesterday deep anti-Semites, who are just, now just like yesterday, <laughs> just yesterday. And and I'm, I'm going to get to that's going to also be a transition to today, tomorrow. No, because you know what? Because you know what I learned about the Hungarians, What's and that? the Ukrainians, and and the Poles. You know what I've learned about them? What's that? That they're xenophobes, and xenophobes is different than anti-Semites. What I mean is, what I mean is, the, some of these. You know who's an anti-Semite today? The Germans. Parts of the French and the British societies—they're anti-Semites because they keep on trying to screw with the Jews 
and they keep on trying to get into our kishkas. The Hungarians and the Poles and just all that. Just want us out. They want all the b- other guys out. Yes, they're I non, understood the distinction non-Hungarian. You're you know what? We'll and see if that's true. You know what? I see today that the hungry, the Hungarian types that were really disgusting anti-Semites are like looking at Israel. It's like, okay, you're a fellow. A strong ethnic nation state. <laughs> I, I see. I know exactly where you're going. Right. In the, in the same way that you'll have the white supremacists in America who can sort of see Zionism or at least a, a strong Jewish nation state as a good thing, right. but would like to see all the commie Jew, you know, this, that, and other things out of their country. Right. Right. I'm not convinced that that will play out the way that you might want it all to. All right. I play out. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you about trends that I see. I'm not. I'm not I don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, but uh, you know, and I'm. I'm really looking back. I'm really looking back at this decade. And uh, okay. And I want to finish up here and just want to say one thing. The last ten years of of the Jewish Israeli story has been relatively, relatively all. You know, there's always wars and news and things. And 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 there's on personal levels. You know, nothing is 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 easy and 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 flowing smoothly. Everybody has their challenges. But the Jewish story has been relatively calm in the last ten years. Hodu Lashem Kitov. But we're also at a decade end and beginning. Which is where it's fifty-seven, eighty. Yes, and if I'm looking at the last eighty years of Jewish history, oh, it's never been more tumultuous. It, it's been the most Not since destruction of the Second Temple. Right, we're we're no talking. No question. R- right, destruction of the Second Temple. Yeah, uh, the only the only reason I'm I'm having a a kind of high, uh, here who are here like a Spain? thought is because no, because be, because we we witnessed something that maybe was never seen before which was the utter destruction of one form of jewry and the glorious almost unspeakable ineffable rebuilding of the jewish people in the land of israel which is the 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 magnitude of this miracle is hard to maybe the only thing that i here's here's the example Uh the 80 percent that died in egypt to the those who crossed the Red Sea. That's yeah, you're the focused level. on the miraculous nature. My point was simply in terms of ch- tumult and change, the destruction of the Second Temple, which, by the way, may have seen a comparable percentage of our people murdered, right? Um, and the sort of replacement of a, a temple-based culture with, the, with, with Chazal, with the rabbis, is as much of a transition. Right. right? It's just on the way out as opposed to the way in. But that's a big thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a, saying, but in terms of tumult and transition. You know, I have a parable that I use in my speeches a lot of times. I say, I'm going to give you a parable, okay? Uh, he, there are two women in a room, and both are unmarried. Both are, what do we call it, single, single. Uh, you know, unmarried women. One, her husband just died. And the other one, she's engaged to be married. But te- technically, they're both single. They have the single. same status. They have right. the same status. But you can't compare the feeling of somebody who's mourning a dead husband to a woman who's just about to get married. You could say the same thing people say to me. We're, we're still in galut. It's all galut. I'm like, you can't say. Y- technically, you may be right that it's not the full redemption. But you cannot compare the status today no. of, of the moments before the, the, you know, the third commonwealth, the third temple, and, 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 and the, you know, the, the last 2,000 years. No, no, anyone who does, I'm sorry if I'm insulting anyone, obviously is looking to avoid some of the demand that the moment in which we find ourselves makes upon every Jew. Right. Okay, uh, Rabbi Mike Foyer, we've covered for the last 50 minutes, really the last 10 years. And I'm feeling it. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, it, you know, very interesting, very interesting. And I'm, I'm glad that I had a chance to, uh, to think about it. And it's great to be with you here on your porch. 
And I want to wish you also a refuah lema, full amen, recovery. Amen. It's a big mitzvah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a schut for for me to come out today. You found me here, just kind of like twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, so. yeah, you were yeah you were in, you, you get some kind hair, of drug induced. Is, uh, your hair is growing long. Right. Beard is scraggly. Right. Percocet right. empty on right. the floor. I haven't spoken in twenty years <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's exactly that's right. It wasn't pretty people. Right. Um. But 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 uh, much better now. Right, it's it's like that verse in what is it uh, in the Cheskel or Yirmiyahu? It's the the or, or, or the one we say on, on the Pesach night. You know, I found you naked. And, oh, it's the uh, Cheskel. Okay, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> uh, just dial that back, dial that back. <laughs> okay, here we go. Meanwhile, speaking Torah. speaking of Torah, right? Uh, speaking of Torah, uh, I I want to say uh, we're not going to go through a full um, Joseph saga. blow by blow of the Joseph saga, and we also miss parts of it. Uh, but I do want to. I, I do want to, with your permission, together with you, to um, Sam Etzba. Yeah, hit, hit hit a few points. Um, the big one here is, and the rabbis underscore it. It's the face-off between these two mighty men, Judah and Joseph. And the text is softer than than the rabbis are going to. They see it as a clash of titans, a clash of titans, a clash of kings. Uh, and and j- just to re- recall, basically Judah is uh, Joseph has, uh, as known as Tzafnach Panach at that moment, is um, has put the situation such that now he's going to take Benjamin as a slave, and this was already something that Judah promised that he wouldn't let happen, that he's going to return Benjamin Benjamin to his father Yaakov, and he so sees it as a death blow to his father, and and he, and that's what he says. He says, "Listen," he say, he faces up to Joseph and he says, "Listen, this would be a death blow to my father." He tells him the whole tale. Uh, there is a depth here which is missed sometimes, which is the tension between. It, it, there's a tension that that underlies the whole question of Joseph being sold down to Egypt. I'll just try to to say it quickly, which is, the brothers may believe that Joseph is angling when they're selling him. They may believe that he's angling to be the chosen element, and they're going to be rejected, mm-hmm. as just like Ishmael was rejected as opposed to Yitzchak, just like Esav was rejected as opposed to Jacob. Yeah, there is family family history there. There's a family history there, and according to Rav Yoel Ben Nun, who Rav Yitzchak uh, Shalom spoke about on this week's OU Shnai Mikra podcast. His famous thesis is that Joseph thinks that the brothers pushed him out and that he was rejected in cahoots with his own father. Yeah. Which is maybe hard to swallow on one level, but on the other hand, maybe understandable now why he really breaks down only at the moment when he learns that his father had thought all this time. That 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 Joseph was killed by by an animal. It right. also solves a very big problem. Shot mm-hmm. was if Joseph was so close to his father, then why, when he had all this power in Egypt, right. didn't he reach out and try to find him? Right, and then he learns that that that's how father understood it. Right, and then, rough, right? he was right. torn apart. He was torn apart. Oh, he thought I was dead. He thought I was dead. So for the last twenty two years, he's been mourning. He's been mourning, and the pain of his beloved father. Uh, mourning all that time breaks him down. That 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 anyway. That's one of the one of the thoughts on that. Um, and so very powerful. Within this story is also the story of two kinds of kings, two kinds of Jewish leaderships. One, Joseph, later represented by Mordechai in in Esther's time in in in, in the palace of Shushan, represents the diaspora. Leadership, Jews in the diaspora, a minority amongst a powerful minority, a vocal powerful minority. Master the foreign game. Master the foreign game, master the foreign court. 
Yeah. Jew in the foreign court is that uh, is that uh, a well known phenomenon, right? And and in a, in a whole genre of Daniel, uh, a whole genre of, of of biblical writing, as opposed to Judah, which is the sign of King David, um, and these are two different leaderships. That's the native leadership, which is that that Malchut kingship is really found in full expression of self, right? As opposed to kingship being found in sort of adaptation to the rules of an external game. It's really important, I don't know how far we want to go into it, but just to point out that the way in which the Torah was given to us is that it has a topography. Like you said, oh, it's a clash of the titans, but the sages really draw it out more than the text itself. But it's a, it, the, that's because they were masters of, um, of feeling the topography of the story here. There's an interpersonal level between Joseph and Judah that you can trace back. Then there is a sort of the family dynamic that you're we're speaking about, who's going to be chosen, who's going to be rejected. Then there's the sort of almost existential level, these, these uh, or let's say there's the, the leadership model levels of the Joseph is a diaspora king and Judah is the, you know, sort of native born. And then there's the more existential, which is these are two layers of Messiah. Right. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a absolute redemptive process coming to a head here. Right. And, and, People have to appreciate that when you have a story whose topography is so profound that it can play out from the personal to the family to the national to the existential, it deserves quite a bit of attention. Right. And I, I wish I had time to talk, go into this, but it turns out that, that I don't. But I wanted to talk about when these two messiahs, these two kings work together. Mm-hmm. And they work together in many stories in the, in the Tanakh. And my favorite, of course, story of the sin of the spies, where the two spies that are able to overcome the other ten uh, are the sign of the tribes of Judah, which is Kalev ben Yifuneh, and the sign of the of the uh, tribes of Ephraim, which is from Joseph. When they work together, they can work miracles. And that also is the vision of Yechezkel, of the ultimate redemption, of the reuniting of, of Joseph and, and Judah. Right, Joseph reuniting Yudah. is two sticks that are bound together. Right. Not one. They no, don't no, become one. No, they're two one. different things. Right. Well, and that's important to remember is right. that we're... Like a Twix bar. Like a Twix bar. Like a Twix bar. Right. Well, we're people of a tribal nature, and right. it's a mistake to think that all Jews need to be the same. Right. It's all Jews need to be united in one mission, but everyone brings something very different right. to the table. That's right. And I haven't had a Twix bar in many years. That was Even those, like, fake Kif Kef? No, that's, 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 that's Kit Kat. Kif Kat. Kif Kat. Twix, Kit Kat. Oh, Twix. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not the same thing. Yeah, These are two a, different things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, I used to love Twix, but since it's not Chalvi Yisrael, I haven't had it in a long time. In any case... Um, I want to say to you that one of my one of, one of the most moving verses for me is really the last time that G D, that God Himself, is going to make an appearance in the book. The last time that He makes an appearance in the book of Genesis is when Abraham is when Jacob gets the message about uh, and he oh, sees and he sees that his son Joseph is alive. Oh, Joseph Chai, and it says Vatechi Ruach Yaakovim, and and his spirit enlivened, revivified. The famous Chabad word, revivified. And he says, okay, I'm going to go down to Egypt. But you know what? There's a little problem, which is leaving the land of Israel. And so he's going to go to one of the holy places in the land of Israel on the way down to Egypt. That's the that's the place you stop. That's the holy place you stop on the way down. What's that place? Beersheba. Okay. And he, and, he, and, he, um, and he comes to Beersheba and he offers up sacrifices to the God of his father, Yitzchak, who never left the land of Israel. And God says to him, and he says to Israel, right, the, 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 the regal name in the visions of the night, saying, Jacob, Jacob. And he says, here I am. I, probably, I think it's, I'm guessing, until, uh, did, is there a Hineni with Moshe Rabbeinu? I think there is. Yes. 
But here, the last Hineni in the book of Genesis, all these different great Hinanis that we've had, here's the Hineni, he says, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve God. He says, listen, I am the God of your, of your father, don't be afraid of going down to Egypt, because I'm going to make you into a great nation there, I will bring you down to Egypt, Anochi ered imcha mitzrayma, Anochi aleka. I will I bring you down to Egypt, but I will bring you back up, boy. Gamalo, I will indeed bring you up. Yosef, yashit yado al einecha. Yosef is going to what probably means close your eyes when you die. Sure. Uh, and and then he and that's the last vision that God appears to appears in this book. There's a reason for that mm-hmm. uh, because you know the Ramban says in his introduction to the Chumash, Masa avod siman lebanim. Right, that, that, that everything that our, our forefathers went through is a sign to their children. What does that mean? It's the same concept I said before, that there's a topography of story, of narrative that we're, that we're walking on today. It's not that we're playing out. Now, I don't mean to say that we're you sort of like we're bit characters in somebody else's story. We are agents in our story, but there's a topography across which we move. And one of those important elements happens in this moment here because it says, Al-Tira Yaakov. And that becomes a theme right. that expresses itself in the later prophets, Al-Tira of the Yaakov, don't be afraid. Why? How can, like, listen, it's a scary world out there. In that decade that we just look back on, I have a sense that the coming decade is going to be even more tumultuous. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it look uh, somewhat tame, in fact. <laughs> right? But don't be afraid. Why? Because there is a redemptive narrative which the Jewish people have been placed upon. And even if it seems dark and slow and bumpy along the way, the fear is the actual enemy. And that's mm-hmm. why God says, don't be afraid. I'm going to take you down. And I'll bring you back. Amen. All right. With that, we're going to uh, uh, cap off this part of the show. Uh, there's more to talk about, of course, the story portion uh, about about Jacob meeting Joseph, about Jacob blessing Pharaoh, uh, and about Joseph's weird and powerful reorganization, reorganization, societal reorganization, sure. realignment, which is just like it's it's something that we you know it's at the end of the tour portion. It's easy to kind of to skip as we're skipping now. Uh, but we'll try to talk about it next week. A very powerful thing that Joseph, this um, real catalyst of change. I would yes. say, I would say, if I, if I have to, uh, like, if that's I have a good to, word for Joseph, right? That's why he's meet at the Yasod. right? Yeah, he's a catalyst for he's, change. That's exactly. He brings things together. Yeah. Not a great communicator, in my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion, not a great communicator, uh, but but a great catalyst for change. He gets it done. Exactly, gets it done. He doesn't his talking is well, as you pointed out, that was uh, actually that was Rivka coming through. So it wasn't Rachel, but anyway. Anyway. He must have picked it up. Anyway, uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, not warm in terms of people, but certainly gets moves the map around. Really knows how to move the map around, shape it around. In any case, Rabbi Mike Foyer again, refuash lema. I mean, uh, thank thanks you. so much for coming to visit me. Absolutely, and everybody, write to please hashtag refuash lema to Rabbi Mike, Rav Mike at the Land of Israel dot com. Refuash lema means full healing. You could write it in Hebrew, English, whatever. You could also just write uh, uh, be the, well, be well, or Zeigesund or, uh, or uh, anything else that's season's greetings whatever you want <laughs> happy new year Shana Tova Umatuka everybody we're going to try to be back uh, with another part of the show today I'm not sure if it's either going to be either Maka Fleischer or uh, I've just gotten an invitation to the big Anglo Siuma Shas uh, the end of the uh, uh, learning of the seven year cycle of, of learning the Talmud uh, so tonight at Binyane Oma, so maybe I'll get some audio from there. So I don't know what's next. So uh, keep you guessing. 
So that means you're just going to have to stay tuned and stay connected and Don't stay touch strong. That dial. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, Land of Israel Network, uh, thelandofisrael.com. Write me an email, Yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected. Rabbi Mike, thanks again. Shalom. Shalom. We'll be right back. This week on Inside Israel Today with Gil Hoffman, an exclusive interview with former Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Michael Oren on the rash of anti-Semitic attacks in America. Those attacks on Jews in New York is not isolated incidents, but part of a national scourge that has to be confronted, and not just by putting policemen in front of synagogues. For the full interview, check out Inside Israel Today with Gil Hoffman every Tuesday on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. All right, folks, we're back here on the Shai Fleischer Show, and I did not get any audio uh, from last night's uh, very, very special Siyum Hashas. I was trying to get some audio. Maka, welcome to the show. Maka Fleischer, shalom. Thanks, Ishai. Shalom. What happened? Uh, it was just not. It was not uh, a place to to get audio. There was there was just no. Uh, there was no time to interview no good anybody. Bites. Yeah, there was no good bites. But it was but it was quite quite an experience, uh, and that's opposed to or or complements the event that happened at MetLife Stadium in New York. Where where it was really like I don't know how many people showed up there it looked like forty thousand people. Oh, wow, we had like a like ours was only the English seum, uh-huh. you know, uh, run up uh, run by the Aguda, the uh, you know American Aguda Israel, Aguda Israel, the kind of uh, you know the it was like an Anglo aspect of um, it was of America but in Israel. Anyway, it was like an American event in Israel. It was it was very interesting. It was on the one hand, there was definitely a daf yomi. There was a lot of gedolim. There was a lot of great. Uh, just just to backtrack, uh, last night they finished the seven year cycle of studying the Babylonian Talmud. Seven and a half years, really, uh, and they did it. Um, they did it at the same time at MetLife and in other places, and they did it in Jerusalem in English. And it was and I got an uh, I got a ticket through a Jewish press. I saw some of my rabbis there. It was fun. I saw Rabbi Fass oh. uh, from Nefesh Benefesh. I saw Rabbi Benjamin Yudin from Fairlawn. It was nice. It was really nice. Uh, and there was some fun music also. There was one interlude where just, and there was like a, a lull because like one rabbi didn't show up. So some kid in, in, in the stands just started singing a song and the whole place wow, joined song? up. Uh, an Ida Die song. I don't remember exactly <laughs> which one, but a, a known tune. That's cool. And it was just neat. I knew the minute he started it that it was good. That it, it was, was viral. Catch. Yeah, it was like, and it only started slowly, but I was like, it's catching. So I was like, I told Steve, I'm like, let's stand up ready. Let's just do it because it's going to happen. And then there was this band. I, I'm always jealous of the band. Why? You know, they like sit like they're like, like dead faced. Like they're like musicians. They're right. not like a, they're not like an Right, act. they're not performers. Right. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they're performers, but they're but not like, like the, yeah, right. They're not the guy, right? Yeah. They're just the trumpet, the two trumpeters and the guitarist and the, uh, you know, the keyboardist. And just whenever music starts, they just go, they just like, they're just like, they do it. Oh, so they and jumped in? They they jumped in. Once they jumped in and, and they're pros and they just got it. You know, wow. they know how to like do it. Oh, there's a drummer. Of course. There's a drummer. That's right. a big thing. Give a little beat. Percussion. And, uh, and so, you know, yeah. yeah. It just the way like when 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 like there's people singing and then suddenly the music like comes in. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It was a beautiful thing. It was really a beautiful thing. Um, uh, it was like Harnoff was there and 
and people from Flatbush were there. And they had they had a beautiful video. This was a cool thing. They had a beautiful video of places around the world learning the Talmud. What, like guys in yeshiva sitting down? Not in yeshiva. Balei Batim, regular, like, like working folks, oh. learning Dafyomi. And it was like, it was like Denver, Dallas, Flatbush, Harnof, Arzabira, uh, I don't know, uh, something like uh, uh, Melbourne. It wouldn't be like Melbourne. A lot of times they would say like like this part of London. or And, uh, and you had a picture of these guys, le- not a picture, a video of these guys learning. Uh-huh. And like as though a little like stuck onto it was they was it wasn't like like the name was underneath it in 2d it was like there was the 3d letters that said like dallas <laughs> and it was just like as though it was sitting on a stand the, the oh. word dallas and and just people learning torah and it was it was a beautiful thing um they and they used the the event to say a mishaberich for all the sick people and right. stuff like that i That's wish nice. they would have i wish they would have stopped and also made a point to talk about the uh, the victims of terror, mm. uh, of American terror, right. you know, not to mention Israeli terror. But you know, they're like they're very non-political. Like it's it's a very it right. was a very black People hat. Get so event. worried about that stuff. Oh oh my gosh, Malka. Yeah, um, you are gonna appreciate this. This okay, is the go. craziest I'm thing. This is the craziest thing. Okay. At MetLife Stadium, yeah. there was a guy who dressed up like Waldo. Ah. Uh. And so you have forty thousand people with black hats. Whoa! And a guy, a guy with the red hat, a guy, the full right Waldo the outfit. Whoa! He put it on, and like he was all everywhere in the pictures. Like, where's Waldo? And you could see him. Yeah. Wow! Because he stuck out because he was the one guy wearing a color. He was Waldo. <gasps> Whoa! And it was, I think it was a that's cool a Jewish oh, Orthodox guy. It was it was not. Oh, a, you think it was an independent initiative? It wasn't like the they didn't yeah, like I don't hire think a guy to be I Waldo. I don't know, but anyway, it's a cool thing, well, and there's a lot cool. of pictures around. That's all, funny. All uh, Malka with uh, Rabbi Mike Foyer in the last half. I, I guess that's a good way to to think about what what I talked about with Rabbi Mike Foyer, which is which is the decade, and there was also the decade of Torah learning. There was right. new, new books that came out, and and there was a full decade of Torah learning and seven and a half years of of the uh, of the cycle. So that's pretty neat. Uh, and now to go to the complete other extreme, when I was researching this last decade and just kind of looking at it, do you know what video? kept popping up as one of the kind of most popular and like iconic videos of the last decade of the last decade uh, and there was a few songs that like oh it's a song it, yeah oh i meant yeah i meant i meant a song video mm. a cultural song video i'm gonna go with gangnam style that's right it was gangnam I style i was right it was gangnam style oh my gosh not only was i gangnam, don't even know how to feel about that actually now now that i know that i, I just happened to know that that when it came out since we're talking about the decade, I happen to know that when it came out, it like shattered all the YouTube yeah. uh, records or whatever. I look it up right now. It has 3.42 billion, oh, that's so crazy. billion viewers. Now, the video is I can't recommend it to anybody Don't watch because it. right because it is not uh, uh, within the uh, uh, the uh, realms, of holiness. realms of, of holiness and modesty uh, at all. But on the other hand. <laughs> It is darn funny and yeah. and 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 a new like way of looking at things with a lot of humor, by the way. Also, uh, obviously, uh, you know, gratuitous stuff, but also like humor. And the other thing about that video and the song and the humor is that it was copied thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of times, different ways. Right, parodied, 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 including by a video that I did watch this morning, which was Elkin style. Right, which that was, was Zev really Elkin. Good. You got to see it again. I've seen it. it I is, remember. 
It is wild. It weirdly did not do anything for him politically, but it was a great video. And you know what? It doesn't even have that many views. It has like under 10,000 views or something, but it was an incredible... Zev Elkin, a a minister here in Israel today, and he was running within the Likud. This was a party with... This was a a race within the Likud itself. Right, a primaries race. A primaries race, and and he put out this crazy video of him, Elkin style, giving a lot of hard time to... People on the left and the Arab parties and Sipi Livni and, and, and Oppenheimer from Peace Now. So, so okay. Uh, I think also in this decade, Malka, you and I had a lot of uh, uh, Fleischer style. <laughs> Opa, Fleischer style. Okay, so we, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of uh, t- uh, 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 I guess, turns. Uh, we've lived in three different places in this. That's right. Is that three different places? We moved in the last, so I thought about it, in the last 10 years... We moved from Beit El to Jerusalem, from a caravan to a five-bedroom apartment. Right. Then we moved from Jerusalem to Judea. Basically, we've traveled the whole biblical highway. Most of it, mostly yeah. in our in our uh, in our life living uh, travels. We have um, gotten and lost a dog. I think in the last ten years, we didn't. Well, lo- maybe, maybe, maybe we got her slightly before. We didn't lose a dog. Not lose, you know. Uh, we uh, gave her away. Right, that was hard. Peel yeah. pell the dog. For any of you who have followed us for a really long time on radio, right? Then you'll remember the name of Peel Pell right. from from days gone by. Right. I've given birth to two human beings. Yep. Without an epidural. Yeah. Who are now talking? Yeah, they they could speak and walk around and yeah. do homework. Some of them. Right. Um. What else have we done? I've held down multiple jobs. So have you. Yep. Yep. I had uh, uh, Jewish Press, Voice of Israel, and uh, now a spokesman in Chevron. And uh, and I've been through different channels, including Arutz Sheva. I, I talked about this in the last half as well. Arutz Sheva, Galei Israel, Voice of Israel, now the Land of Israel Network. You forgot about Nefesh Benefesh. Ah, that was- You that worked was, at uh, Nefesh Benefesh for a little while? Eh, yeah, it was- Could I count it? All right. It counts. I guess it's so. part of your decade. Yeah, it was part of my decade. Yeah. Speaking of that, we I saw everybody fast yesterday. We got rid of our little yesterday. Peugeot in the last 10 years, our little white Peugeot. Yeah, we had a Subaru. We have a Subaru. Now still we have with a Subaru. Us. And, the, and the red car, the red and the white. Red, the red car. Skoda. The, the red Hebron car. Yeah, the red Hebron car. That's right. Um, Driving target. What else? <laughs> I've gained X pounds. We won't talk about it. <laughs> You've also lost X pounds. Yes, and then gained X pounds. Uh, I, I've, yeah. I've net gained X pounds. But I'm going to knock them out soon. Do you realize that, that in 10 years, you have 520 Shabbatot? Psh. That's a lot of challah, Ishai. That is a How lot. How much of... chicken do you think that is? Oi, give out. That's like a lot of chicken. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, well, you're not I, supposed to really um, think about 10 years of chicken, you know? Yeah. I can't believe how much every day, like I eat like every day. I can't believe that. Last night... Last night, after the Siyam Shas, yeah. went to my mother's house. Yeah, good. Your mother. She gave me... Your mother made Aliyah in the last my 10 mother years. And my sister. And your sister and your brother. And my brother, that's right. Your whole family basically made that's Aliyah. Right. I netted zero family Aliyahs in the last 10 oh. years. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's fine. And I gave so, the hard sell to a bunch of people. And some of our family married married Gentiles. Well, you know. <laughs> Net, it's in every family. Yerida. <laughs> Hey, nothing against the Gentiles, our beloved friends here. But still, you know, you, even the, the Gentiles that are listening to this show want to make sure that the Jewish people continue, right? I lost three grandparents. Oof. I lost how many also? You lost two. Yeah. No, three. 
You also lost three grandparents in the last 10 years. Oh, my gosh. Right? Jedish Kamark, how long has he been passed away? Yeah, I think 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Josh was, was the first one to go. Mm-hmm. No. Grandma Anna was the first one to go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Alehema Shalom. Yep. You're right, Malka. These are these are these are strong these are strong points. Yeah, these yeah. are like these the are things strong that things. happened to a person in the last ten years. Yeah. I'm not a big lover of like doing these recaps and thinking about on the last ten years. Well, because don't because never dredge up that 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 hated emotion. Right, the nostalgia. I do not do nostalgia. Okay, you know that no. people. I do not do nostalgia. And then you have to do all this like, well, did I do well in the last ten years? Did I not do well in the last ten years? Yeah. Oh God, I was X number. I was in my twenties. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. And I am no 20s now. An awesome guy here here in town, <laughs> excuse me, said to me, 40 to 50 is the best ride on the highway. I'm so excited that that <clears throat> will be true. You will enter that highway. So you, you sound like, are you okay uh, over there trying to absorb no, this no, 40 to no, 50? No, 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 no. It's just phlegm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to bless everybody with an awesome. Uh, I want to. I want. I really hope that you had a good uh, decade. Wait, about, I want to uh, say one one more thing about the last ten years, Ishai. Opa. Something big has happened for the Jewish people in the last ten years. Aside from the fact, of course, that that so many more Jews have been born. <laughs> wait, wait, I forgot what? to say what happened in my mom's house. Two things. Oh, yeah. I say to my mom. I say to my mom. Uh, uh, I come to my mom's house, and uh, first thing she feeds me, she's like, she feeds What'd me. What she feed you? I'm your wife. I want mushroom them. soup. Ooh, that yeah. She made. I she heard goes, that it's really good. These are she French mushrooms. Yeah, they she's come very excited very about clean. the Frenchness. See, my mom, she lives next to the Shuk, so the the, the bazaar, the, the market, the open air market, and she's always like excited about something. Yeah, that's the best produce in Israel. Mm, right. Comes through. So, so it was. It was very good. And, and was it good I, mushroom soup? I yeah, quite. It was quite, quite good. Brought me some. And then she says, and I said to her, you know, nothing major happened to Israel in the last ten years. Like it's been a very steady decade. She's like, we had gas exploration. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's a revolution. Yeah. I'm like, yep. It's true that. I, I just, it was just a funny moment. It was just a funny moment, you know. So I'm we like, launched oh, that little, that little uh, space thingy in pancake, outer space. Pancake on the moon. Break sheet. Yeah. Break sheet. Okay. No. <laughs> Delete. Edit that. <laughs> It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome till the last moment. It's still, it's still very- Ishai, all your nieces and nephews were born in the last 10 years. Holy cow, Malka. Every one of them. Holy moly. Isn't that cool? Like our whole family was basically built in the last 10 years. Wow. There were marriages, except for you and me. We're the old couple in the family. <laughs> but everybody else, all the other, like all the other Dude, brothers we and are sisters like so, we're like, have been married for 10 years or less. We're the oldest in our family. We're families, the zeros, so man. We're the, the we're, zeros? Yeah, not the Speak tens. for yourself. Not the 20s. We're the, we're the 2000s, whatever, the early 2000s. Yeah. We were 2002. We were still using CD players when we got married. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's you got right. me a CD player one time. Did I? Or did I buy that for myself? No, I think no, I didn't buy you a get you a CD player. But I used your CD player. We had we 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 owned a VCR TV. So good. I miss you owned VCR. One. I don't Yeah, the little VCR. cutest little VCR. One of these TVs that had yeah, a like VCR a seven player. Inch, you had a seven inch Best. TV with with a with a with I a got my VCR. first cell phone in the last ten years, I think. Oh my god. Wow. I was that a late that, adapter. That is not No, that's not true. That is that's not, not true. true. But but almost. It's almost true. Oh my god! I got my first cell phone when we were, when we were living on the RTC shy. Okay, but you weren't a late adapter. For example, email. You were you were an emailer yeah, early. I was adapted yeah. right at the right time. <laughs> okay, what else is the other Malka good news about this last? decade? What I wanted to say about the last decade is that we gained like 1.7 million Israelis in Dang. the last ten years, and they expect 
that by 2024, the the Central Bureau of Statistics came out with its uh, data on the last day of 2019. Yeah. Saying that they expect by 2024, we will have 10 million people. We're over 9 million people. We're at like 9.1 million people now. Yeah. And Ishai, there's something that I remember us talking. Right. So many years ago, speaking of 10 years. Yeah. I remember that we used to talk in the Arutz Sheva um, studios. Right. About demographics. People would talk about the demographics and what are we going to do and oh no, right? And it's so bad. And the Arab birth rate is so much higher than the Jewish birth rate. Well, I have some news for you. Also on Tuesday, the Central Bureau of Statistics came out with its data for 2018, which was already like, I don't know what took them so long to crunch those numbers, whatever, over their government jobs, okay? In 2018, for the first time in Israel's history... The Jewish birth rate surpassed the Arab birth rate. We're Opa. talking about Israelis now. Opa, Israel style. Opa, oh, Israel style. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Okay. Israel style. Nice. Anyway, three point, I think we're at 3.05 kids per lady. Nice. Where the Arab birth rate has... The 0.5 oh, is... We, but then no, we, don't, we do the pre no line. We get no, rid of no, this no, no, 0.5. No. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you have a lot of editing to do for this one. Oh, you mean snipping? Oh. <laughs> oh my god! You heard about you? you, you no, no, no. You heard no, about no, the no. guy? You heard? Did you ever see this tweet about the the uh, the car? The a guy takes a picture from his cart to the license plate of the car in front, and it says Mohel. Yeah. And he's like, "That's the second that second time that guy cut me off." <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked circumcision jokes. <laughs> That's because your dad is a urologist, and it's yeah, I uh, guess it's a sore, a little too sore point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, the, I do not like the direction the show is going. No, anyway, no, no. the point is that that uh, the Jewish birth rate now they're not counting non-citizens of Israel, meaning to say there's like a whole other population of people around here who are not citizens. Yeah, and we, we, that was not part of the uh, analysis. Right. But nonetheless, it's very very interesting. Right. That the Jewish birth rate has gone up. And they're expecting it's going to continue to go up. And really, like, who are we talking about that are having all these kids? I mean, certainly secular Israelis like to have kids, too. It's not like secular. You know, I just saw if this. If it wasn't for the secular, that number wouldn't be there. The right. Seculars, the secular Israelis like to have kids because Because it's also a, it's not, it's, there's family values in our country. Okay, there's family values. Our country's. Right. There's also, like, you know, you can, there's always this question about, like, Israel and socialism and some people like the idea that Israel has socialist aspects and some people really don't and there's a lot of people who want different parts of Israel to like go away from the socialist uh, model and stuff but the truth is that Israel is really established also to provide a lot of support for women who have children absolutely and what I really mean is things like um, childcare, absolutely, and healthcare. Absolutely, those things in Israel are like if you don't have good childcare and you don't have good healthcare, it's really hard to have a big family because you're you're doing it all on your own, or have, you're to, paying to through the big, nose to, to do to it. To have a small family, also to have a, a, a child, right? You need help and, and Jewish education, also. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, in Israel, like you almost can't not get a Jewish education. I mean, you could definitely get a bad Jewish education, I guess. You know, I wouldn't, I'm not vouching for every school in Israel by any means. 
But like the idea that this is a Jewish country and that we teach Jewish holidays around the Jewish holidays, etc., is like pretty fundamental across the country. So between all these things, it's like it's it's kind of comfortable to have children. You know, um, your sister, Isha, she works full time and she has three. Uh, she is now on Hufshat Leda. She's on maternity leave. But she is able to have kids because she is able to stick the kids in government subsidized um, child care. No question. And again, she did have those kids in the last decade because that's what right? the show's about. That's, yep, that's right. Uh, in all in the last decade. I just we're, wanna, we're very blessed. I just want to finish off by really uh, wishing a speedy recovery to the folks of the F- Muncie attack. Right. Including, terrible, uh, terrible, including terrible. if you look at my Twitter, you'll see a horrible, horrific picture Ugh. of Yosef Newman. At first, you know, coma. I saw that on your Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Newman. Yeah. I saw the picture of him and at first I was like, the word offended isn't right, but like I kind of didn't want to see that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But then I was really glad that that, that image went up because look what happened to this this beautiful Jew. Like right. they, they they cut him down. Literally, they cut him yeah. down. Yep. And it's and it's like important to see the face of this thing. One hundred percent. I always say that. That's that's why I like, watch. Look what they do to us. Right. That's why you got to watch like Holocaust stuff. You you can't you can't sanitize it. If you right. sanitize it, then you don't have. And 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 here's really something that I I should have written about already, but I haven't. But like, the way that they sanitize it is that they 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 no they sanitize it, and then there's a purpose in sanitizing it, which is take away rage, and that is one of the main goals of the other side right. the Israel haters they're one of their main things is to stop Jewish rage I'm telling well, you I wouldn't say Ishai I wish that you were you were right but I do not think that it's the Israel haters who do this I think it's the Israel lovers who do it too I think their motivation is different they don't necessarily I'm not sure I mean maybe they want to take away the rage but I think that the, what they want to do is make people less horrified so that they feel the strength to go on right because you because when you're living with fear and you're living with uh, dread and you're living with uh, disgust and 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 depression over what happens so it's like harder to go on and Israel in particular has always had this attitude where it's like God forbid there should never be another one but if there's a terror attack it's like clean it up really fast and open up the roads and like get it going again, right? They don't yeah. shut down the thing for two days. Is there? That, that's that's just because not, they that want. Is not, that is not my philosophy. I disagree with that. I feel. I feel. I feel that that's. I feel that that's. I don't mind cleaning it up and going on with life. But you got to look at that horror in the face, right? And you got to be enraged, and then you got to say the words never again, and you got to go out there with a with a right. with a raging vengeance, right? And take care of that business and make sure that that never happens again, right? And 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 that's that to me is like a. It's a internally like a core value to me, and I'm I'm always amazed that people don't. And I think it's I think it's because people feel disempowered. They don't know how to act on rage. Right. Well, a regular person, in theory, is not supposed to act. Right. You have that's why you establish a government with a with a. Uh, no, that is not why you establish a government. You a government receives its legitimacy from the people giving up willingly. That uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, justice, uh, uh, vigilante justice. I give up my right of vigilante justice. I don't. It's not okay. because I, I give up my right. No, and I give that's it to a you. lot of political theory. But the point is that that people in regular you know society today, in regular democratic society, were born into captivity, as it were, yeah. and we're all like we're all. Um, not entitled, as it were, to take justice into our own hands. And we have a government which is established to do this for us so that we don't have to do it. We have a police department so that we don't have to be the police. We have a fire department so we don't all have to put out the fire, right? We, we, we 
create these systems in order to do the work that a regular person uh, doesn't want to do or can't do on his own. You know, I think, Ishai, also in the last 10 years, we also developed the Iron Dome uh, missile defense system. Yep. And, you know, this is also a, a, a technology which is really debated right now. Right. Because on the one hand, like, what would we do without the Iron Dome missile defense system? Yeah. On the other hand, you see that the Iron Dome is like you see the IDF on Twitter. And they're like, well, they shot two rockets at us and we deployed the Iron Dome missile defense system and we neutralized them, right? And on the one hand, you're like, well, Baruch Hashem, right? Thank the Lord that we no longer live in a scenario in which we have to be like terrified of every rocket and we can go on with life. Right. On the other hand, like, did you just realize that they shot two rockets at us and our response to that is to go on with life? Like, we're not supposed to go on with life. That is the wrong reaction. Um, and this is like the, this is kind of, you know, related to what you're talking about, about the terrorism. It's like, on the one hand, we have this value and bichlal for Jews, uh, you know, who have undergone this kind of lifestyle for so long, you really have to develop um, a, a living strategy, which is about going on with life. On the other hand, like you have to react to, you know, we live in a, in a sovereign Jewish state today and you can't be just going on with life. You have to stop life and you have to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this should really shake you up and make you want to do something differently. But it's not. You're right about Iron Dome, Malka. And of course, let's finish off the show by reminding everybody that we have a, a real Iron Dome on top of the technological Iron Dome in an Iron Dome of our of our will. Also, we have, of course, the, the protection of Hashem. Um who in this last decade has given the, the land of Israel lots of blessings and the Jewish people lots of blessings. Challenges, but incredible blessings, incredible blessings that you talked about uh, in, in our families. Let's pray for the for the sick. Let's remember those who have passed away. For example, Ari Fold was murdered right. uh, uh, this year, uh, th- this decade, and, and many other g- good people. Like Ori Ansbacher. Ori Ansbacher, Rina Schnerb, and many others, many others. Um, and so it's important to remember them. It's important to pray for, the, for those who, who have been cut down, as you say. Uh, and also to thank God for the for the great gifts uh, of life and of moving the story forward. Maka, I also want to thank you for a great decade. Yes. Thanks for all that chicken. Ten years together, Isha. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- ten years of you standing me. That is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. I'm not sure whose uh, uh, who's, uh, achievement that is. <laughs> is it my achievement that I married a woman who could stand me for ten years? Is it your achievement that you could stand me for ten years? I'm not sure. One or the other. We have been... Uh, uh, um, uh, on the same path together now, holding hands uh, for the last decade and more. And uh, Amen. Well, to the next 10. Uh, to the next 10. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Uh, check out all of our friends and sponsors. Uh, one sponsor that I want to really mention is JewishPress.com. JewishPress.com has been host to the show for a long time, and uh, they really do a great job at, at getting this show out. And uh, and also, the, just they have, a great, they have a great email called Jewish Express. And I highly recommend that you sign up for that because you really get the day's news. And, and they just they have a great way of covering stuff. So that's jewishpress.com. Our good friends at trelet.com who make the blue strings that you can don and clothe yourself in this decade with uh, the redemptive um, uh, blue string that, that bespeaks of uh, the depths of the waters and the, and the, uh, the uh, impenetrable heavens of God. Uh, and uh, reminds you to go on the on the pathway on the dry land uh, of being of being with God uh, with his uh, in his way. So that's T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T dot com, dot com. And of course, of course, 
uh, come and visit. Uh, when you come to Israel, you'll find to Tel Aviv. Of course, you'll go up to pilgrimage to Yerushalayim, but don't forget the mothers and the fathers in Hebron at Hebron Fund. We'll give you a fabulous tour of Hebron once a week. Just sign up for one of our tours, hebronfund.org. I want to thank uh, our last sponsor, which is, of course, thelandofisrael.com, which is a fabulous network uh, broadcasting beautiful truths uh, and beautiful sounds of the land of Israel in the English language so that you, wherever you are around the world, whatever is your native language, we can connect on the lingua franca of English through the uh, super democratic internet that allows you to tune in to places around the world. Uh, and we are connected. So the last, uh, I, I thank God and I thank our sponsors. I want to thank you as well uh, for being out there and being strong. Um, and we definitely have some listeners who have been listening to us for 10 years and more. That's Asia. right. That's right. Uh, hashtag to the next decade. Yes. Or, or hashtag. Uh, 10 more years. 10 more years. That's right. Uh, that's I like that. 10 more years. Hashtag 10 more years, at least in parentheses. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and any other hashtags that you remember of cool stuff that happened to you this decade? It could be Gangnam Style. It could be Elkin Style hashtag. It could be hashtag uh, Iron Dome or it could be hashtag Me Too or it could be hashtag I don't know what else. Uh, whatever you think was, was your decade. What, hashtag uh, 10 years of chicken. Right. Hashtag 10 years of chillin'. Whatever, whatever you... We don't need chillin' in this house so much. But uh, whatever, whatever did it for you this decade or didn't do it for you and you remember it, uh, uh, send a little hashtag about that to Yishai at the land of Israel.com. They'll be very, very precious. And we bless you and we love you. Manka, I want to thank you. Thanks, Yishai. And wish Happy you a, a Shabbat 20, This should be like you put on Facebook, This should no, on Twitter. This should be a year of 2020 vision. That's right. That's right. I also, I was not the first person to come up with that one, but I also want to thank uh, Tabitha, uh, Moshe, and Ben for getting the show out. You guys are beautiful. You guys are amazing. God bless Mazel you, folks. Mazel Moshe. Oh, that's right. Mazel, Mazel tov to Moshe. Mazel tov to our beloved. He kicked off the decade. He kicked off the decade with, with twins. Twins, a boy and a girl. Moshe. Wow, 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 wow. Moshe, Mazel tov to, to your new family. Oh, my gosh. Moshe. To your new family. Yeah. You oh look my great. God. He sent us pictures. They're uh, very cute. Mazel tov, everybody. Everyone Mazel should tov. feel healthy. Yeah, well, let's finish it up. Let's finish off the decade by saying bismachot. Let's start off the decade by saying... Let's move forward. Yes, Avanti. Avanti, as we say in Italian. Let's move forward. That's Lacharabai, everybody. God bless. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected, and shalom. shalom. We must always take sides, says Eloisel. Neutrality helps the oppressor. Never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. And if you've been listening for any time at all, then you know I'm not one to keep silent. Because I'm Rav Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Join Rav Mike Foyer for the best Jewish history podcast, The Jewish Story, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.